0: The Creepin' and Real Podcast. My name is Craig, aka Lunchbox,
1: and I'm Meg, and it's a horror cast, not just a regular old podcast. Craig.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. We got to jazz this mother up. Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah. We have a theme. So
0: it is the Creepin' Real, a horror cast. Yeah. Get some. Get some. Get some. Get some. Get some. Get some. And uh, this week was your pick, and are you happy with your pick?
1: It was 106 minutes of regret. <laughs>
0: And it was your pick. It was my pick. What was your pick? The
1: uh nineteen eighty four classic Gremlins. Mmm. <laughs> so <laughs> many nightmares.
0: Alright, well
1: Well, the idea was to face my childhood fears, I used to have fairly regular nightmares about fucking gremlins, uh, when I was a kid that lasted till I was Probably seventeen.
0: Uh, no, no, no. Corrected. It's lasting now.
1: No, it's starting. It's gonna start again. <laughs> I haven't had one for probably the last fifteen years or so, maybe longer. However, after tonight, they'll probably start back up again because little has changed. This was this was uh, hundred six minutes of nightmare fuel.
0: Mmm. <laughs> I am giggling the entire time. This is fantastic. <laughs> I'm
1: having a bad time.
0: <laughs> All right, well. Well, let's... the
1: thought was okay, it can't be that bad. You were a little kid. I was seven the first time I saw this movie. You were a little kid. It should be fine. It's a horror comedy. Except it was missing the comedy.
0: Well, I mean, when you have a movie that's based around Christmas time. And there is a lot of comedy parts to it. They're
1: supposed to be funny, but they're not. Yeah, and
0: there's uh, as a kid when I watched it as a kid, I had the complete opposite reaction. I I was all in. Like I was not scared of them. They 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 were not scary whatsoever for me. And that was, however, watching it this time around and kind of uh, really putting some thought into it there is some really terrifying horror parts in this movie so i mean i could definitely see where one could get really creeped out but (laughs) there's one scene that we'll get into later that i looked over you and i thought you were kidding and you were like oh no this like you were not having a good time and i was just like nope I've never seen you like this. I'm enjoying myself thoroughly. <laughs> and I actually put that in my notes that I'm having more fun watching Meg scream, like squeam at this movie than I am actually watching Gremlins. So thank you for this. Thank you for this gift on Christmas in July. So,
1: You're welcome.
0: <laughs> All right. Go ahead and get so, into the... Uh,
1: some basic yeah. movie bits. The movie came out in 1984. Uh, it was the second highest grossing movie that year. What was the first? Do you know? Jaws? In
0: 1984? No, no, no. Sorry, I, I just really like Jaws.
1: <laughs> no, you're nine years too late for that. Oh. Ghostbusters! Uh, oh,
0: God damn it! Right
1: I'm, behind Ghostbusters. I feel
0: terrible.
1: Mm-hmm. God,
0: bad fan, bad.
1: It was made for a budget of $11 million, and it grossed one hundred and fifty three point one million dollars. And a fun little bit of trivia for you: it was the first PG thirteen movie ever. That rating was created specifically for this movie.
0: Really? It was that's actually really cool. I like that. Mm-hmm.
1: The movie stars Zach Galligan as Billy, Phoebe Cates as Kate, uh, Corey Feldman plays Pete, um, and Howie Mandel is the voice of Gizmo. Well, you
0: can't you can't uh, leave out uh, Judge Reinhold. What a great name, Judge Reinhold.
1: He has a great name. He also had like three minutes of screen time. He yeah, he, no purpose. But
0: I've like in any movie that he's really in, it's like. But it was always... the
1: eighties, so yeah. he was like, he had to put him in everything. I, I guess.
0: mean, he had him in like Beverly Hills Cop, and I mean, I was a huge fan of him at uh, in the Santa Claus. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he, he's always fun. Uh,
1: the movie was written by Chris Columbus, who also wrote. Um, home alone 2 and directed the first two harry potter movies yep. if you if y'all remember those it was directed by joe dante who has a sick sense of humor <laughs> and was produced by amblin entertainment also known as steven spielberg studio yep so this and movie has a pedigree yeah weirdly and, there's, enough.
0: Uh, and there's a lot of nods to uh, steven spielberg in this movie
1: yeah they uh, because it was an Amblin, they were able to take a few liberties with some things. Uh, so some of the Easter eggs were kind of fun, including a Indiana Jones billboard. The billboard was for a radio host whose name is it was like Ramblin Rick or something like that. I don't know yeah. but that was that was a pretty good one. And I think there was something I saw on IMDB that Steven Spielberg had like an uncredited extra role. I think he was a good guy in a wheelchair or something like that. Like he popped up. Yeah, a man in an electric wheelchair. So he kind of had like a little walk on or whatever, but. Or roll on. Or roll on, yeah, right. I guess it was a blink and you miss it kind of thing. Uh. So this movie makes me feel things. I don't know. I don't like them. I don't, I don't like it. I sat here most of the time, like, kind of on edge, a little bit tense, and saying no a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, you did.
1: <laughs> I feel like I was just noping my way through the entire movie. Yeah. Um, well, I guess let's jump in from the start there. Go ahead. Uh, so the background of the movie, um... Mr... Oh, his name escapes me. Billy's dad, Mr. Peltzer. He is a f- mostly failed inventor, but you see him wandering through Chinatown at the beginning of the movie and goes into a shop where he tries to bully the shopkeeper into letting him buy this Mogwai creature. He,
0: uh, he reminds me a lot of a... kind of a failed Stew Pickles. Like, he's just got all these crazy gizmos and, like... A lot of ideas that could possibly pan out, but they're just put together
1: well. They're semi poorly. Yeah, they're semi useless. Would you call them that?
0: Not no, not semi useless, but it's just one of those. It's kind of like you would uh, go into a dollar store and see some type of uh, you know, as seen on TV. It's it mm-hmm. seems like one of those yeah. gizmos.
1: Well, he had made, he created remote-controlled lights, a mechanical egg cracker, the bathroom buddy, which was like a travel kit, which actually was pretty cool.
0: And that, like I said, it, it was something that was useful, but
1: not uh,
0: not very practical for purchasing.
1: Yeah, it was like a bathroom travel Swiss army knife, and uh, a juicer for whole oranges for reasons. Um, but anyway, so the Chinese storekeeper, the shopkeeper, tells him, no, you cannot... By the mogwai because it takes a certain amount of responsibility to do it uh but his grandson who knows that the family needs the money takes uh peltzer around back and says hey man this is i'm gonna give it to you for like the 200 bucks or whatever it was that he offered and he gives him a list of three rules number one no bright lights they get hurt by bright lights number two don't ever get it wet and three, do not ever feed after midnight. All three of these rules are problematic.
0: <laughs> yeah. And um, I was very curious as to how, how the Mogwai actually survives without liquid. Because you can't get it wet, but you, they also say that you can't... Um, like Mr. Peltzer, when he's telling Billy and his wife the rules... He says you can't give it liquid at all. Like, yeah, so no water. No, no wa- like, you can't give it anything to drink, and you can't bathe it. So it, every living creature has to have some type of liquid to survive. Mm-hmm. Billy can feed the Mogwai, but it has to be before midnight, which also kind of seems a little chintzy because then it's like, well, after midnight, when can you feed them?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is it within that midnight hour, so between twelve a.m. And, and one a.m. that you can't feed them, or because time just can, you know, keeps on ticking?
1: It's always after midnight.
0: It's always after. Yeah. yeah. So it's that's where it's kind of like. So when when it went, they never really specify when you actually can feed them if it's during the day or right or or what have you, and it's. Uh that that kind of seemed a little...
1: Well, let's talk about these rules a little yeah. bit because they they kind of get abandoned a bit. There are some issues because this movie takes... All right, so let's talk about the No Bright Light one. The, the No Bright Light one is probably the only one that actually holds up because it hurts them and it can actually kill them, which we see at the end of the movie. Well,
0: sunlight kills them. Bright lights just really, you know makes it uncomfortable for him. So, like, the whole time I'm like, God damn it, just get Gizmo some glasses for Christ's sake. It'll solve one part of your problems. Yep. Because every time, like, you would walk into, like, a bathroom or something and a light is on. You had a bad time. Something that you absolutely need for regular Mm -hmm. day-to-day life, Gizmo's like, oh, no, no. And he's like, God damn it. Just, Mm -hmm. it's so, I would not want it. I Just just give me Barney the dog. That's all I need.
1: Right. (laughs) So that one's pretty much the only rule that is the that actually makes sense. Don't get it wet ever. It's Christmas in the upper Midwest. There's snow on the ground. There's snow is made of water. And when the gremlins multiply, they're playing in the snow, so by definite so by these rules they should be multiplying all the time. Anytime they're out in the snow, their backs should be bubbling. A little beastie should be popping out of them. Also, they're drinking beer at one point, And beer is like 98% water. There's also... It's just like, the rules, just... They, they kind of... They really don't make sense. They don't hold up. Simply by the fact of like, it just gets full of... You can shoot it full of holes throughout the whole movie because, again, when they're in the bar and the gremlins are drinking beer, they should be spreading little beasties out of their backs, right?
0: Yeah. Okay, and I thought that too. As far as the bar scene, I actually did not even think about the snow. And that would make so much more sense. I mean, I was like, well, maybe you can get by with it because it's not—it's it, more of a solid water than than anything, but then you're like, oh, but they go inside a building and the snow melts. Water. Or yeah, or they're throwing beer bottles and liquids going all over the place. So is it just water? Or can they have like lemonade and coke and you know, Budweiser, a cool, tall, frosty beer. Is that okay? Like, there's a lot of stuff that was kind of
1: <laughs> Apparently, the beer is okay because yeah. the the little green beasties drank so yeah. much beer. Is it
0: funny that the first time that I actually saw and and registered drug and out like smoking and drinking is within this movie no no other piece of uh entertainment i it never registered that they were either smoking or drinking um hmm. It was in this movie when I saw the Gremlins partying in the bar that I was like, "Oh my god, that's what partying's like." And then after, from that moment on, like it registered for me, uh, you know, watching like, Animal House and mm-hmm. yeah, like it's like, "Oh, party scene." Well,
1: so. how how old were you the first time you saw this? Do you remember?
0: Um, if the movie came out in '84, I was born in '86, so I'm I, I remember watching this on uh, I believe it was like tbs tnt Mm -hmm. uh around the holidays i must have been about five about five years old five six years old
1: uh at that age no probably not then it's not that weird i wouldn't say it was that weird anyway
0: no well i mean it's just it's fun for me because it's like oh gremlins was my first introduction into drugs and cigarettes not that i smoke (laughs) but it was just that like and I mean it's like I could pin it down to like the first time that I saw Boobies which was Trading Places and it's just <laughs> a, that's just a fun little fact but you know I don't know it's just a it's a nice little little uh you know notch on the on the pole there for You me. guys
1: learned something today right hey. Craig
0: <laughs> It happens Every, like I, Was I'm, it
1: was Jamie Lee Curtis she was the first to have film Yes okay. It's fantastic.
0: She's got nice And room. then Police Academy was my next one I watch a lot of movies. I
1: know
0: a lot of boobies. So many. Boobies. Not not that I go for the boobies, but they happen to be there. Moving on. You're just Let's not.
1: Go. You're just not mad about it when they show up. They're looking at me like that.
0: <laughs> I don't go
1: for the boobs, but they're okay. <laughs> And then the last one, uh, the uh, don't feed after midnight thing we addressed, because it's always after midnight. And it's like, you got to be more specific than that. Is it like midnight to 6 a.m.? Is it until the sun comes up? Is it, like you said, is it between midnight and 1? Yeah. Like or are they like
0: goldfish where you can feed them once?
1: You I know, don't know. Like, you know. I don't know. But it was there, this there, movie's a mess. Well, the, the
0: rules were, were definitely a little little chintzy, and I mean, I'm pretty sure if the Chinese man was actually going to sell him, he probably would have gone a little bit more in depth in the the rules. That's fair. He got it from the kid, and the, the or kid, the kid, the kid was a dummy. Or maybe you were only money.
1: maybe you're only allowed to feed him for that eleven o'clock hour, eleven p.m. till eleven fifty nine p.m. Maybe like that's because that's technically before midnight. But well, I don't know.
0: No, they just said don't feed them after midnight. That's so, what I'm saying. Yeah, like that
1: so, last hour before
0: midnight? Yeah, again, it still falls within that. It's still always after midnight <laughs> at some point in the day.
1: <laughs> Gizmo can never eat.
0: Spielberg, again. I need answers.
1: Well, it wasn't Spielberg, it was Chris Columbus.
0: He, he pushed it through.
1: He, wrote, he signed
0: the check, <laughs> he read the story.
1: I mean, he wrote Home Alone. So he should have something semi-coherent, but apparently well, he was Well, Columbus, you have some looking sh- at you, buddy. You have some explaining to
0: Yeah. It Anyways, all right.
1: Yeah. So those are the rules as they were made up and then quickly busted to pieces. We meet Billy, uh, Zach Gallagher's character, the teenage bank teller. Um, and we meet Phoebe Cates, who is his co-worker, Kate, at the bank. And she's so pretty. She's,
0: she's very pretty.
1: She's so pretty. Yeah. And the dog, Barney. And we have our Margaret Hamilton, Wicked Witch of the West moment with Mrs. Deagle, who's apparently owns most, if not the entire town that they yeah, live in. Yeah,
0: a, it's a very small town. Uh-huh. Uh, did they ever say where it, they actually lived?
1: Uh, Kensington Falls, I think it's called. Mm. Let me look it up real I never
0: quick. actually saw if there was, like, an actual uh, state that they were in.
1: I don't think so. Um they say the name of the town yeah but they don't really i mean they have a Chinatown so they have to it's called Kingston Falls
0: okay
1: um but i don't think it gives you like a specific okay. state or anything so
0: it's kind of like springfield
1: yeah it could be anywhere <laughs> yeah. although it does it does kind of look like the upper midwest so that i mean we can assume it's like Michigan or, Milwaukee
0: or Wisconsin I could, or I something. I could buy Michigan, like a small town in Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but um, there was... So, yeah, we we meet Billy and we meet Kate, and this is where we also meet uh, Judge Reinhold's character, who is... Uh,
1: he serves no purpose other than to be a skis. Yeah,
0: he's just kind of a, a, a douchey... Just a douchey character, that's all. Yep. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, and then we meet... Uh, what is... uh. Her name, Mrs.
1: Um, Deagle.
0: Deagle, and she is just the worst. She is the yeah. Scrooge of the town, and she's uh, terrible. the f- The first thing that you see is her carrying a broken snowman head, and she's walking by this lady with her kids, and she's like, "Oh, Mrs. Deagle, uh, you know, we're gonna need an extension, and you know, uh, me and my husband aren't gonna get paid for uh, for two weeks and, for their rent." Yeah, for the rent and, and Miss Deagle's like, that's not my problem. It's you know, take it up with the bank. And she's like, oh well, the bank, you know, is probably gonna need to get your approval. And I wanted to try and go to you first. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, oh, it's it's you know, just whatever. Just get out of my face. And she's like, oh well, it's Christmas. She's like, oh, and then like she walks straight up to the mom and her kids looks down right at the kids and goes well i know what you should ask santa for this year and walks i was like that's cold yeah but then the worst part about that scene is just before they cut to the inside of the bank you see the mom and the kids walk away and the kids go mommy i'm hungry and the mom goes yeah me too and i'm like Ah! Oh, no! That hurts! My heart!
1: I know. I was like,
0: that is so bad! It's like that poor mom.
1: Yeah. This is Deagle. We have her, like I was saying before, we have her Wicked Witch of the West moment because apparently Barney, Billy's dog, uh, broke her snowman that she had imported from Bavaria and it was very expensive. And Billy offers to replace it and she says she doesn't want money, she wants his dog. So we have our... I want your little dog, Dorothy. Yeah. I'm like... I'm watching this and I'm like... Well, Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, I
0: mean, like, she wanted the... She, like, the Wicked Witch wanted the dog, but Mrs. Deagle wanted that dog dead. And, yeah. Like, and she told Billy to his face, like, what she would do. She's like, oh, I'm going to take him to a kennel and they're just going to put him to sleep nice and, you know, nice and quick. She's like, but if it was me, I'd do it nice and so I'm like... Bitch, like I would, yeah. I would have gone straight ghetto on her. I was like, I don't care about my job. I'm climbing over this desk and I'm <laughs> laying into her. Yeah, letting... that
1: was um, that was Mrs. Gulch, which was uh, oh, Margaret God. Hamlin's character in The Wizard of Oz. Uh, that was her with an extra layer involved because uh, I think Gulch only wanted Toto put down. She didn't add insult to injury by going. I would do it real slow and really oh my hurt gosh. the dog.
0: I was like, man, that was, the, I was like, I'd snap. I was like, I would not care about my job. I'd take off my tie, and I'd go to fisticuffs.
1: Well, I mean, Barney obviously didn't take too kindly to it, because he jumped the counter. Yeah,
0: I, I'd take a five-minute penalty for that.
1: <laughs> yep, and, and it just, it cracks me up, because we're, poor Barney. For, like, the first part of the movie, before Pelzer takes, uh, Billy's dad takes him off to the, the Inventors' Convention, this poor dog is sitting there, and he clearly has a case of the jellies because he's been replaced by this adorable little furball with big ears, mm-hmm. and there's nothing he can do about it. No.
0: Well, I mean, and Barney actually kind of takes to Gizmo uh, probably with, pretty quickly, actually. I mean, uh, there's most of the time where you can see the scenes where he's laying in bed with, uh, with Billy and Gizmo and he's just kind of they're just all buddies like they're all just yeah. hanging out like they there's not a whole lot of tension between the dog and, and Gizmo no. but it's still one of those like
1: he looks so sad yeah you know, it's like i'm
0: i'm your buddy like what is this guy mm-hmm. oh
1: okay yeah
0: so um, yeah
1: yeah and then, very quickly, the rules start getting broken. Uh, Corey Feldman's character, Pete, knocks over uh, a jar with some paintbrushes and some water in it. And immediately, Gizmo gets soaked. And you see his back start to bubble. And it's just, it gets gross. This movie's uh, so gross. Uh,
0: one, of the, um, one of the notes that I put down here was how fantastic the puppeteering... yes. For this movie was i mean every for every gremlin for ever for gizmo for that scene when he first gets wet the absolute pain and terror on gizmo's face mm-hmm. for the puppet is incredible
1: yeah it was amazing.
0: i was it was i actually had a moment of like oh no and even though i've seen this movie you know 100 times and it's it's still that part where in and with um, it just with the sound that Gizmo is is just giving off, it's just it sounds painful. Yeah. And it, and then all of a sudden, yeah, like you said, like you see the bubbling of the back and then it the, really, the hairballs really pop gross. off and start growing. It's it's really, really neat. But Yeah, it was
1: disgusting. Like I just I <sighs> on one hand yes I 100% agree with you the puppeteering like the puppets and the special effects in this movie are amazing like the way that the facial features on the puppets move around and just the range of emotion and expression you can get like this is an inanimate thing but they really did a great job of making you as an audience member get attached to Gizmo mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, when you have eyes that big, it's kind of hard not to get attached to it. It's kind of like uh, when you first saw, was it the uh, the Furbies?
1: That's fair.
0: <laughs> like, that that's kind of the the same kind of premise. So you just see big eyes, and you're like, oh, you just get locked in. Or, uh, or the, the T.Y. Beanie Babies. They, just, they all had the giant eyes. And yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's why I love great white sharks. Big eyes.
1: But no. <laughs> it's not the same. The... Yeah, I. In the way, once we actually get the gremlins, um, the the proper disgusting little green guys, they had to create so many of them. And I'm, and granted, I'm sure some of them they weren't as sophisticated. But Stripe, which was basically the what the, a dick, yeah, the Yang to uh, Gizmo's Yin there. It. He was so well articulated, and just to see like how much viciousness they could put in his face was yeah. amazing. And he was
0: and he was a v- uh, very smart gremlin.
1: Yeah, he was. He was definitely the smartest of the bunch. Yeah. Um, that scene where he realizes that all of his cronies have been taken out, and he immediately books it to the YMCA and jumps yeah. in the pool. The fact that he knew to do that was nuts.
0: Yeah. So that was that was really cool.
1: He was hot. Hi- that was a hyper intelligent. Um, so, but, uh, uh
0: I, and, and another, like, uh, really smart stripe moment was actually right after, um, him and his, cro- the first batch of cronies pop off of, uh, Gizmo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy has them in a box. And, uh, later on, a uh, couple minutes after that, uh, in the movie, uh, Billy's about to kind of go to bed. And you see uh, Stripe and his and his goons just looking like coked out meth addicts, and just they were just bouncing off the wall and just squeaking up a storm. So Billy's like, he looks at his clock and says, "Oh well, you know, okay, well it's before before midnight. You know, you guys hungry? I'll go ahead and feed you." So he goes and gets his like big. Plate of fried chicken, Mm -hmm. puts it down in there, and they just start going to town on it. And the funny thing is, is that's the way I look when I eat chicken. So I I felt (laughs) I felt a kinship with that. Didn't you know? But I loved how, later on, you come to find out that uh, Stripe actually sabotaged the clock to make it look like it was before midnight, but it was actually after midnight. Yeah, and so it was like his sneaky way to get that ball rolling yeah. for the metamorphoses.
1: And he knew. Like yeah, it just it blows my mind at how aware he was and how intelligent he was to, yeah. to do all that. And he he was a clone. Yeah. So that that was always um, that was something impressive, um, and that was excellent writing on the part of um, yeah. Chris Columbus, to, to create a character like that. Because it's really hard to punch holes when you have a villain that actually thinks things through. Yeah. And I appreciated that. Um, I just lost my train of thought, I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, as cute as, as Gizmo was the fucking Gremlins man. Like yeah. it just, there were so many. Oh, uh, this staying on topic with special effects. One thing I re- thought was really cool was the blend of techniques that were used. So there was a combination of animatronics, uh, stop motion, and animation, like uh, cell animation that was done to make all of the gremlin things work. So obviously there were the puppets and the scene where the, sorry, we have cats. The the scene where Stripe is coming up over the hill and he's calling all of his new minions over, that is a stop motion. You can tell it's kind of a Harryhausen-style stop motion thing, and it looks really good. It's also terrifying because there are a gazillion tiny little stop motion puppets in this one scene. And then there was only one bit where they used animation but it was in the movie theater mm-hmm. when the gremlins realized that there were other people when they see the shadows behind the screen yep when you flip uh to the side where billy gizmo and kate are on where the gremlins are coming up the whole screen is animated with gremlin shadows yeah and then
0: which really amps up that in- uh, like,
1: so like oh
0: shit it's about to go down
1: yeah. And, <laughs> like then, so and then there's good. a cut and you see the puppets claw through the screen and I'm just like, mmm, there's a whole lot of nope going on there.
0: I loved it. That was that that was a really that was a really cool scene. It was a fact. One to of have. my um one uh there's one scene that I thought was really uh executed well was Billy is showing Pete Gizmo for mm-hmm. the first time. And um they're on the bed, and Pete's playing with Gizmo, trying to get him to blink, and um, and all that. And then Billy goes, "Oh, let me see if he'll sing for you." Well, he picks Gizmo up, and you so you see Billy with him in his arms, mm-hmm. and he carries him over to the desk. And the way the camera pans down to the desk, it gives Billy enough time to set Gizmo down. Place him in the spot where he's supposed to be, and then when the camera pans fully to the desk and you see it gizmo sitting flush, that's when the puppeteer was had had control of him, so he can move him around almost instantaneously, mm-hmm. like I thought that was a really smooth transition that's like Jim Henson stuff yeah. going on right there just just that whole because you see him you see. On the bed, you see Gizmo moving. So somebody's holding him. And then the way Billy picks him up, it detaches from whoever was holding him. Yeah. And then moves over to the desk where somebody else is there to puppet him. And I thought that was... A, that, I just really, really enjoyed that. Yeah,
1: the cinematography was really well planned out, uh, it seems like. So whoever the designer was for all of that, kudos to you guys. Because they were very careful to plan the... The camera shots, so you're not seeing any rods or wires, um, at least that I could see. If anybody else out there saw some, I'm sure they'll let us know. Yeah. But from what I could tell, and I was paying pretty close attention, was they were very careful to make sure that nothing was showing. Even going so far as like when a gizmo was um, in somebody's arms or something, they would have like a blanket or they would have... A scarf, or there, there would constantly be something that was used as coverage yeah. to make it all work. Um, so I, I really appreciate that because you can. They did, the designers did what they could to make sure that they were covering what they needed to cover, but still making it work within the story, and it didn't feel out of place. Like it felt very natural with what they were doing. So kudos to that. Um, the, there was a couple things that did bother me, uh, when Billy finds out what happens when a gets wet, he immediately turns, brings Gizmo to his science teacher, and does the trick again by putting a drop of water on Gizmo so that a little fur ball pops out, and we get just one singleton mogwai, and... I'm just like, Billy, what are you doing? You're doing it again. Like you, need, He should know better. He learned. He learned exactly what happens when you get a mogwai wet. But he's doing it again for the sake of his science teacher. So the fact that they were given these warnings and having the Chinese man at the end of the movie come to collect Gizmo makes a lot of sense. Because he did abuse yeah. The privilege that he had, he was given this creature to be to take care of, and he just he breaks. He, granted, he didn't the feeding after midnight I think he didn't do it on purpose, but the getting them wet and multiplying them thing, he absolutely did that on purpose. The second the, yeah. the second time it happened,
0: well, and I mean, for something that was, um, I don't know, like I the only I would I could actually see if it was for a. You know, regular scientist, but this was just a high school science teacher. Yeah. So I mean, granted, like they probably have to have some level of science factor behind it, but this was something that was has never been seen before, and you know, and, and has never really been studied. So I mean, I could see where testing it out and doing the one, uh, you know, the one drop, seeing the. Like, he needed the proof. He needed to see what was going on. But everything that led after that was very neglectful because Billy never told his teacher the rules. His teacher had no idea as to not get them wet, not feed them after midnight, not, or you know, just the sunlight, and all that good nonsense. He mentioned none of it, and it was very neglectful. So, um...
1: Yeah, it
0: was super irresponsible. Yeah, and then on the the flip side of that with the uh, teacher, uh, so he's doing a late night experiment, which I don't understand why he's still at the school conducting these experiments at two
1: o'clock in the morning that's weird I don't know maybe things were different in the 80s before we started school. I I
0: don't know I I don't know any teacher that wants to be in their classroom oh no yeah I mean I could see maybe a college professor Mm -hmm. but not a high school or even a middle school um you know because uh Pete was in his class too
1: yeah and so I I think he was supposed to be 14 so I want to say it was either 8th grade 8th or 9th grade Uh, that he was teaching. But it was ridiculous, because he was like, he was drawing blood out of this creature, but he stuck a hypodermic needle right into the Mogwai's palm. That's not how you draw blood? What are you doing?
0: Yeah. So, uh, again, he's a uh, a regular jabroni teacher, and so, I mean, he's probably got a good kind of basis as to what to do, but not a... And he's probably, like, sending off blood samples to... Sure. Like, he probably knows people that can, you know, test everything and uh, get that stuff done, but...
1: Well, I'm glad you brought the teacher up, because I kind of wanted to talk about the kills in the movie. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a horror movie, and people have to die. And there's half a dozen kills total, Um, three humans, three gremlins.
0: Well... Three three humans that we see on screen. Who knows how many they actually ended up killing. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Yeah.
1: Um, however, yes, the, the countable ones. There were six on-screen deaths. The mm. first one was um, the science teacher, actually. Uh, I don't think we see exactly how he dies, but we get Billy running into the classroom. He's face down under a table with a hypodermic needle in his butt. Well
0: and that was a uh, something that I, was tr- I don't know what was in the needle, I, but it was there I was trying to figure out if he was actually dead or if he was just knocked out. They never actually confirm if he was dead and um like there's a lot of scenes in this movie where the gremlins are attacking people and then they kind of cut away and you don't yeah. really you don't really get this whole. Confirmation that, oh, nope, they're dead. Um, But Mr. Hansen, uh, he, after the gremlin breaks free from his cocoon, he uh, is running around the classroom and Mr. Hansen's trying to lure him in with the candy bar. Yeah. Well, first off, it's dark in the room. Turn a goddamn light on. Yeah, but
1: he didn't know the rules, so it was kind of like
0: yeah, turn a line. Like that's your first thing is I want to see where it is, click.
1: (laughs) That's it's so simple, yet I didn't even think about that when the scene was happening because the idea is to to make the audience member tense while they're watching it.
0: And it and it was a very tense scene. Like it 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 sold. It it worked, yeah. But and and with the uh, projector Mm -hmm. flipping on on its own and. It it worked. It was a good horror movie scene. But in my first reaction is like, click, <laughs> turn a light on. It's like, it, 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 oh, also I noted, the poor black man has to die first in this movie. If quote unquote dies, we don't again. It's nah. not a, not a huge confirm.
1: I think he did. And I
0: was like, is he? I don't remember seeing any other black people in the in the town. So was he the old like their token black guy in the? It,
1: <laughs> it was a small town, probably.
0: Oh, that poor town, bunch of honkies. no, no, <laughs> no, black guys anymore. Come on, like,
1: uh-huh. and now they're down one. Yeah, and he was
0: a smart one too.
1: Yeah, I not that smart apparently
0: because wow. uh, he he, he didn't know
1: he didn't think to turn the light.
0: Well, that's, that's pretty dumb. But he didn't know <laughs> what he was getting into. But, and, like, and when he saw the, the mogwai mm-hmm. in his cage, it was all nice and fluffy. He has no idea what this thing looks like when it comes out of its cocoon. And so, He
1: didn't even really know about the cocoon until he showed up the next yeah. morning.
0: And he, uh, well, he put it in a, in a box to hide from his students. So he came in, and it was still the the gross alien-like cocoon. Ugh. And um, yeah. and so he put it in a box, and then it hatches inside the box, falls off the table, his class ends, and that's when he goes to try and find it. Um, but when he sticks his hand underneath the desk, and it grabs him and pulls him in, I, it's like it must have been biting his arm. I actually, as a kid... I thought that arm was gone. I thought that thing ate his arm. And well, you you never see it, but it would be a cool image, but there's well, no blood, there's no
1: I mean, you theoretically he could have cuz we don't see the top half of him for the most part when Billy rushes rushes into the room. Like he's laying there face down under the table, you see his like the, the bottom half with yeah. his legs. You don't really see the top half. So he could have had his arm ripped off.
0: Yeah, that that would be awesome. That'd be pretty brutal.
1: I'm gonna go with it. Screw I like it. it. He has arm ripped off.
0: Sweet, we're going with that meta. Pennywise.
1: And, uh, <laughs> we're gonna retcon this in our heads, y'all. If so
0: can. Uh, so and then uh, so Billy comes in, seizes a friend professor with a needle in his butt, Felt and with
1: something because clearly because the plunger was up, so yeah. there was something in it. Your guess is as good as mine yeah. as what it was.
0: Um, and then Billy goes and calls his mom and says, Mom, you need to get out of the house. All the all the eggs are hatching.
1: And this is where we get kills two, three, four, and five in the house. Yeah. First of all, Mrs. Peltzer... Is a badass.
0: Oh my god, she did some work.
1: That woman owns her shit.
0: She fucking punched in and punched the goddamn out, everything. She's done.
1: Yeah, she no. owned it. So she discovers that the Kremlins have done some things. Uh, and poor Gizmo. First oh of all. Oh my
0: god, that was detour. horrible. Let's
1: detour to poor Gizmo. Like, he's huddled in a box. Well, he's watching these creatures. Oh no,
0: it's, it's out a their... it's a spaceman helmet, which is even more adorable. Aww. Like it's a little spaceman helmet. So, uh, well, he's it...
1: watching all these things pop out of their little cocoons, and then when we cut back to him, he's on a dartboard.
0: Yeah, all the the gremlins are being dicks and put them up on a dartboard, and they're and they're actually they're really good shots because they're they're missing him. But yeah, again with the puppeteering, his face, mm-hmm. the the terror on his face is it, it really is heartbreaking and and that's it where it's a, a good job for making us connect with that character because you're like nope kill them all like for yeah. fucking with Gizmo yeah. they're all gone Poor Gizzy so but the mom comes up sees all the eggs
1: well hang on a second cuz oh, okay. prior cuz prior let's, let's finish with what happened to poor Gizmo's torture after so we cut away to another scene cut back and they're kicking Gizmo down a laundry chute.
0: Oh, that's right. They do. They, mm. oh, uh, yeah, Stripe throws him down a laundry chute.
1: That's mean. Yeah. So
0: mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was clothes that he fell on, so I mean. But that, it's
1: still super yeah. mean. And then, okay, so back to Mom. So, yeah.
0: So, Mom goes up, sees all the eggs hatched, and um, all of a sudden, the record player uh, comes on full blast downstairs. Kind of freaks her out. So, her son just told her that the eggs hatched and she needs to get out of the house. Yet, the one thing that she does is she's got a knife. Yeah. And she's going in there and she's going hunting. hmm She's not getting out of the house. She should have just bounced.
1: Nope. But
0: she didn't. She said, not today, Jesus, and gone. <laughs> and it was just.
1: No. Not today, Satan. You got you the, the saying all wrong.
0: Oh, there was a comma. It was just... Uh,
1: Not today, period. Jesus. J- yeah, like, there, as an expletive. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, I mean... You know what I mean. You know what?
1: We'll just wipe it.
0: No, it, it's it's going live. It's fine. I'll own it. I'll own my... my whatever. Own your gas. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, she went in and took action and just... She's throwing stone-cold stunners everywhere and just rock bottoms wait, wait, and wait. wait or, oh, I was watching WrestleMania what the other were
1: night. What are you watching? What movie are you watching?
0: I swear I'm not drinking again. No, stop. Anyways, stop. But wait, no. No, 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 I'm
1: pushing the pause button on you. I pause you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take this one because you're clearly getting your wires crossed.
0: Sorry, she got me all amped up. I was like, you
1: just okay. So yeah, she came and fucked some shit up in the kitchen. <laughs> there was one that was hanging out in the bowl of a food processor. She turns that mother on. Oh my
0: god! And just the splatter, just, just oh my gosh!
1: By the time she turns it off, there's just a pair of feet
0: and, and still spinning. Yeah, like it was so hilarious. I cracked up. There was there's like, just
1: feet. it was like,
0: "Good for you." Sticking
1: out. This is okay. This is probably the comedy part of the horror comedy. Was this yeah. all of the this stuff going on in the kitchen? So there's little feet sticking out of the bowl of uh, yeah. the in, the Peltzer version of the Cuisinart. And then the second one gets stabbed. Yeah. Hard. So
0: after after she hits the you know the the high speed on the bowl, she starts getting plates thrown at her, mm. and there's one on the counter tossing you know plates like a madman, and she's got a table up and she's blocking it, and all of a sudden he runs out of plates and she comes at him with the butcher knife and just. I mean, she gets in, like, yeah. a good bunch of stabs. Like,
1: like, Michael Myers was crying. He was so happy. Yeah, I mean, it was just,
0: it was good. And then turn around. And no, another- can you talk about
1: this one? Because this one made me laugh so hard. Oh,
0: okay, go ahead, go ahead.
1: I popped so big with this one. I think it was because I was, like, on edge the whole time. Because fuck these guys. <laughs> she stuffs a gremlin in the microwave and hits start on that mofo. <laughs> and he blows up.
0: And she blew him up. You ever? Uh, it was so gross. See, I actually have a, uh, a like a, a nice little example. If anybody ever has like a spare microwave and they want to try this out, probably shouldn't. I've done it. It's not fun. But uh, are
1: you kidding me? Yeah, It probably was a lot of fun.
0: You're talking about it. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. Terrifying. Uh, I went to a hockey tournament. We went to a hotel, and one of my teammates put a big bag of Cheetos in the microwave. And the thing went... And, yeah, that's kind of what this the thing did. So
1: It was...
0: That's all I, I could think about was this bag of Cheetos when I saw that. It
1: just... <laughs> you could see the gremlin inside panic. He's like, "No!" Nah! And, and then you could see him expand a little and then pop. And I laughed so hard at this fucking thing. I was like... That was the greatest thing I've ever Oh, my
0: seen. God. I didn't even think about this, too. The family had to go back in there and clean all that up.
1: They did. Ugh. Yeah.
0: Like, oh, that, just throw that microwave out. That ain't going to be cleaned again.
1: Nope. It's time to get a new one. So, so, that so way- she hits
0: the, the microwave, and then all of a sudden...
1: So those are kills two, three, and four yeah. in the kitchen.
0: So then she goes out to the living room because she hears uh, more noise, and you see the fireplace is, is a roaring, and you see this uh, stocking moving. And you're like, okay, something's behind there. Classic horror uh, misdirect. She cuts the, the stocking, and toys fall out. And then all of a sudden, she backs up to the Christmas tree, and you just see red eyes
1: oh, all God. littered
0: up in the tree. And then it just... And, like, the whole tree falls down on her, and all the gremlins go. And I almost want to put, like, a pair of red eyes in the tree for our Christmas, for this Christmas. But with the way you're looking at me now, it's kind of like a, it's a no-go. Mm-mm. So I'm going to have to do that on the slide and just see if you notice it. Okay, that those eyes I don't like. No, I don't. You
1: want me to divorce you. <laughs> don't you? Like, you're begging for it. You don't want to be married anymore. I understand. But you don't have to be so mean about it. Jeez.
0: <laughs> but no, that part was terrifying. It was like, awful. It, it was it was a very horror. It, it was it like if you take away the Christmas whole aspect and of it, she's just
1: stabbing blindly.
0: Oh my! At yeah, the like tree. she's freaking out, and the the gremlins are all and it, there's a it's a whole like batch of them that are in this tree, and they just lunge out, and then uh, Billy comes home and. His mom's on the ground, and one of the gremlins is choking her with Christmas lights. Yeah. I was like, that's gangster right there. Like it's, And then Billy comes up with a sword, which has to be like the dullest sword ever, because he takes a whack at this gremlin to knock him into the fireplace, doesn't cut the gremlin at all.
1: No, he cuts his head off.
0: Was it? Wasn't, I don't no, He totally. I, I did not see that thing cut it off. There's no slicing. No, the it only
1: thing that was in that fireplace was a head.
0: Oh, I thought it was a whole body. Noob. Like that's I, the way the way it fell in. Noob. It must have. I must have been looking at a log. But that's where I was like, okay, that's cool. Okay, yeah, no, so the I'm head went that.
1: in. The head went in. It was still screaming. Actually, while yeah. it was on fire. Uh, I was. I wasn't sad about it. it was
0: Actually, <laughs> pretty okay
1: with that. And. Uh, The and this is another one. This is a a movie where everything they take the time to kind of set everything up in the beginning, and anything that might be except for Judge Reinhold that might be taking that might be needed later on in the movie is well set up in the beginning.
0: I kind of wish that they would have done something with Reinhold, like later on in the movie, like with he was just
1: there to be a douche to make Phoebe Cates uncomfortable. Yeah,
0: but I'm I'm that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is like later on when the gremlins are are kind of terrorizing the town, yeah. I would have liked to see him kind of get something out of it. Like, or, you know... Get yeah! A...
1: He, you know what? That's a good point. He wasn't even one no. of the people being attacked. No. Not at all. Like, you saw random townspeople with gremlins, like, on yeah. their back and stuff, but no, he just yeah. seems to have been forgotten about. They must have only had him for, like, an hour for shooting, and that was about it. I don't know. It's yeah. interesting, though. Um, But, yeah, so that was the kill number five. So... Kills two, three, four, and 5 are all gremlins. There's the one human. Um, the final human kill, I think, is Mrs. Deagle. Yep. The owner of most of Kingston Falls, or all of Kingston Falls, who knows. She, her death was actually pretty funny.
0: Uh, I, I enjoyed it. And she
1: was such a bitch that I was like, meh, yeah. you deserve it. She has the stair chair, the one that... You know, because if you can't go up and down your stairs, it has a little rail and it rides you up and down.
0: Something that I've always wanted to own just because. To be lazy? I always thought it was fun.
1: Okay, well, I'm a Chad child, knows. Meg. You know I'm a child. And it's like, it's fun. I just be riding up and down the stairs all day. She's lonely cat lady. Yeah. And uh, one of the gremlins sneaks in through the cat door and she hears what she thinks are carolers outside. So she opens her door because she hates carolers and hates fun and apparently just hates being alive but she opens the door up and sees this whole mess of gremlins out front freaks out shuts and locks the door while one's already snuck inside and he's been he's toying with her chair and you see him like fucking with the wires and when she goes to ride up to the second floor after being scared by the aforementioned gremlin it's she cranks to fifth gear and she shoots up the stairs like that scene in Casper. Yep. When they're riding down the the train to the, the lab mm-hmm. in the basement. Same kind of idea. She shoots up the stairs, but she goes so fast and builds so much momentum that when she hits the top, she cranks it, uh, rides right into the top, and is flung out of a second story window.
0: Yeah. And uh, when she lands, is almost instantly dead. So that she was, has to have been. That was pretty pretty. But she
1: landed feet in the air.
0: Yeah. So and there's um one of the other scenes that I always as a, for me as a kid, I always remembered the mom dying, but she I think didn't.
1: That was in the second one. Mm, that might have been the new batch.
0: I don't know. I don't remember that. But it's a. Uh, but yeah, I always I remember the mom dying. But then um, also uh, the neighbor. Um, Uh, Oh, what is his name? Uh, Morty? Murray. Uh, Murray. Uh, The neighbor Murray, him and his uh, wife, uh, or the gremlins, take his snowplow and run it through his house. And (laughs) earlier on in the movie, he's a complete blitz drunk. And he's uh, going on and on about how. Uh, you know, don't buy anything foreign because they always hide gremlins. The... uh reminds me of
1: my stepfather.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's just oh, don't buy this, don't buy that. You know, uh, just buy Americans. Like they always, it's like gremlins were the things that brought us our our planes down in World War II, and uh, he's just going on and on. And then later on, uh, when he sees the gremlins in his snowplow. Plowing through his house, he's freaking out because he's like, there's a gremlin in my plow. There's a gremlin. Like, oh, my God. Like, he, I, don't, I think he was more – I don't know if he was more terrified or more excited that there was a gremlin. And all of his uh, you know ramblings were confirmed. But then you see the like the big bright light kind of shine up on him, and then it cuts. So you think that he just got ran over by his plow and dead. And for the longest time, I thought he was – but at the end of the movie, you hear in the news report that they were talking to um, uh, to him and, and his wife in the hospital, so they lived, and so I was like, okay, that was not a confirmed yeah. kill.
1: Yeah, because I thought it was they were going to be deaths six and seven, but they most decidedly were not. So yeah, uh, that works out just fine, I guess. Um, but the for a horror movie, the body count is fairly low. Yeah. If anything, it's the villains who have the highest body, like, the deaths of the villains have the highest body count, especially when they blow up the goddamn movie theater. Yeah. All right, so I want to talk about these gremlins for a minute. Because oh, oh let's,
0: uh, let's pause for the cause here for a second, then we'll get into that there. So give us one second, and we'll be right back.
1: And we are back. Thank you for that. Um. So yeah, I want to talk about all the shit these gremlins know how to do. Out of the blue for no reason. So I actually was writing stuff down that I had noticed in my uh, in my notes. That I was just like, why? So these gremlins are... They're nuts. They're drinking beer. They're s- causing all kinds of mayhem, obviously. They smoke. They get drunk. One of them is a flasher. Like he has a... T- he's got a trench coat on and sunglasses. And he flashes Kate behind the bar. At Dory's bar. Uh... They dress in drag. One of them was dressed up as Spike's Gangster Mall. (laughs) Yep. Also, sidebar, Spike is a gangster.
0: Yeah, he is. I mean... He's a straight-up thug. (laughs) Yeah, he is. He should have been wearing a blue bandana and throwing up crip signs. Like, that's... He is straight-up gangster.
1: Yeah. But he, he had his own mall, which I thought was pretty funny. They shoot guns. They play with puppets. One of them had sock puppets.
0: <laughs> they listen to smooth jazz. They
1: and... really do. Uh, they flash dance. They know how to skateboard and bicycle as well.
0: Yeah. Now, so, that was fun. The, uh, my take on this, um, the only reason that this movie did not scare me was because of this scene. They made this so looney tunes and so goofy and that was one of my favorite parts of the that movie is when you get to see all these different characters you got like you said the woman the 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 you know gremlin that's smoking in a
1: three cigarettes at a time three
0: cigarettes at a time and then like and then you get the puppet and then um you know just there's a whole bunch of um uh, I mean like the the list goes on and on. There's one that I love with a popcorn bucket on his head. Yeah. And it, it's just it's uh it's hilarity. But they they made it so comical that it wasn't scary. And they took it in this direction where I think the only reason they did that was to bring out that comedy. It's just what what are we going to do with these gremlins to make them ridiculous? Let's give them all personalities. Great success. Yeah, and um, also, too, uh, I'd like to note, I actually had a thought about the music. Because when... Uh, I think the first time you hear the song, that dent dun 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 dun
1: Yeah, the theme music. Yeah, uh,
0: Is when the snowplow cranks up and they go after, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Uh, uh, Futterman. So he... Um, So you hear that theme music, but it's so light-hearted and kind of bouncy and and fun. It is a fun song. Like you could put the if you put a clown in front of it, not a scary clown, a nice happy clown in front of it, it just be it probably be terrifying.
1: You're making this worse somehow. (laughs) How are you making it worse?
0: I don't know. I just found it to be a like a funny song. Like it wasn't a a horrible it, it was because of the the happy bouncing and it, it did set up for the just that how crazy the gremlins were but i almost kind of feel it's like what if you took the tone and flipped it and made a dark uh you know just kind of aspect of it's like would that make it a, a, even i mean a, it would make it a scarier movie you
1: mean darker er? yeah that was, this movie is pretty dark in a lot of places. No, I'm talking
0: like giving it like a sinister song instead of it like
1: da, 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 I got cotton candy. Like it's. I didn't read the same thing you read yeah. in the theme music at all. Like Jerry Goldsmith's music was pretty. The the score was it's pretty a, sinister. It's a
0: it's a fantastic song and it works for exactly what they're doing and mixing that music with all those different personalities with the gremlins, it gives it that comical aspect to it. And that's where, like I said, as a kid, I didn't see them as scary. I saw them as goofy. And when they're all sitting in the the movie theater singing, uh, you know, the seven door, the snow White and seven doors. Um, Dwarfs, not doors. I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like when they're singing the high ho song. I was like, they're children. They're not. They're they're having fun. They're not scary. They're in a. They're sitting there throwing popcorn around and just being rambunctious. You know, sugar overload, like beer overload. What they're like, I didn't see them as scary. They were definitely a threat. I didn't see them as scary though, and I think it was because of all of that. If you took away all the gimmicks and that, and changed the music to a little bit darker, I think you would have a really terrifying movie.
1: I disagree.
0: I know you would. I did because you were screaming over over there. Oh
1: my god! I shut up.
0: I really thought you were kidding around. No, like,
1: I was not kidding. Okay, so that music with those instruments—if they slowed it down like a notch—that was some sinister shit. Like that music, it—I don't think he used a harpsichord or what, but there was a. a, There's a probably it was '84, (laughs) but there was a tone to it that really did give a bit of that sinister vibe and yes the bar scene some of it was pretty silly and then a gremlin has a ski mask on and tries to mug Phoebe Cates but what I love is how quickly she figures out the bright light thing yeah when she's got the one sitting in front of her with the three cigarettes in his mouth and she's striking the match and offering to light and he keeps backing away and like turning his head and she figures out oh they don't like this so she grabs the camera and yeah. starts the Polaroid and just starts flashing at them. And that's how she makes her escape out of the bar. That works pretty well until she runs into one that has a gun pointed right at her face. I'm like, that's bad. And then she walks outside when Billy gets there and there's fucking mayhem all over the town and there's gremlins on people's backs, and I'm like
0: Mm-mm. And and that was something that I really enjoyed too was just so seeing- much no- seeing early on in the movie when it's daylight and the, the town is nice and peaceful mm-hmm. um it's just your everyday downtown small town area and then you like you said you, she comes out and it's just bedlam just everything's gone to, to bonkers
1: there's another bright light thing that was a bit of a, a plot hole possibly plot hole issue was when she walks outside and a lot of the the signage and the street lights and all those other things, um, a lot of them have broken faces on them. So the lights are shining bright and they're strobing and all, they didn't seem to be bothering any of the monsters out in the street.
0: At that time, yeah. Even and, though it was dark? It wasn't, it wasn't until they walked out, I forget where they walked out of, um, but they walked out in the street and everything's super quiet. Like there's nobody on the street.
1: Yeah.
0: And there's no gremlins to be seen. Yeah. But then they're like, where they where they all go? And they're like, oh, it's all the lights. And they showed the they kind of back the camera up to, uh, probably like the top of a building so you could see the whole, you know, strip of the town. And it's it's a very bright, like there's all the street lights are up, all the you hmm. know, um, signage is going nuts, and it's it's very quiet, but it's is it's very lit. Yeah.
1: Maybe I maybe then I called it
0: too but, soon, but um. In that scene, there wasn't a. It was still fairly dark, but I don't know if it was enough to bug them. For that, when they walked out and it was all empty, it was bright, which is probably far too bright for any town to be. Like, someone's got to be paying the power bill like crazy on that.
1: Well, in fairness, the gremlins were probably ripping things up and screwing with power boxes and stuff, so it's not. Unlikely that they. But
0: but that's why they went to the movie theater because that was dark. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. So, the scene Craig was talking about when he said he started to laugh at me was this movie theater scene because every gremlin in the movie was all congregated in one place. And I had flashbacks to my nightmares when there was a mass of gremlins in my backyard as a kid. So, he thinks it's funny. I tried to scream a little bit more silently so I wouldn't wake the kids. But I had a hard time with it. It was some badness. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you thought it was funny, though. I
0: I, I thought it was funny because I thought you were kidding. I'm not even joking. I really thought you were kidding. No. And, like, you had the same reaction as if you saw, like, a like a bowl full of roaches mm. yeah so mm-hmm. it's just you had that squ- that just said squeegee just uh, i can't do it and <laughs> and that's what it looked like because when they were all jumping around bouncing around in their seats it, it would just look like a, a sea of just bugs and insects. you just
1: made this worse because I didn't think of roaches. You just <laughs> made this worse. I can never watch this movie again. I don't know how I can make this
0: better. You for can't.
1: You, you can't. It, so this means that Gremlins Two, the new batch, is totally off the table.
0: No, it is not because I know I'm going to get my comeuppance with a lot of other films
1: mm-hmm.
0: coming down the line, and you're going to be like, "Ha ha! Look at you! You're it's like oh, Craig's butts in the air and his face is in the seat, hiding his eyes." But uh, yeah, so but that, that scene was, uh, was fun because that's when our you know Billy and Kate get the idea to go down to the boiler room, open up the gas and light something on fire, and haul ass, and that's when all the um, gremlins are trying to get at them, which was a really cool and, and an intense scene.:
1: Yeah, cools the word. It was,
0: it was pretty quick. Yeah. But um just the the effects with the uh movie screen, you see all the gremlins uh jumping around. Um that was a really neat effect. A very simple effect too, but it was it was neat. Um and then yeah, the whole place goes a kaflooey and now the small town has a no movie theater. So
1: I think considering the circumstances it's fine. Yeah. Uh however Spike decides he wants candy and there's none left or Stripe, sorry, decides he wants candy and there's none left in the theater but conveniently across the street at the department store there's a big pink sign that says candy that's lit up so he thinks I'm gonna go over there so Stripe bails to go get his snack fix and all of his minions are blown up so he's the lone gremlin again and he's the leader He's also the smartest of them all. And just when Billy and Kate think, oh, we're in the clear, they look over in the window and oops. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, this scene reminded me, uh, probably one of my f- favorite scenes in the movie, just because it reminded me a lot of uh, Child's Play. Yeah. And there because there's a lot, it was very dark. And there was a lot of tight spaces, and uh, Stripe, he really utilized a lot in this uh, in this little department store.
1: I also want to note that he also managed to hold on to his snacks for a good portion of it. He
0: did! Yeah. He was riding a skateboard, and he was sitting there jumping on the, like, yeah, yeah. I, I forget what he had, but he, yeah, he was holding on to it. He, he had a real
1: like, good handle on his snacks. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and like... <laughs> Scooting across the floor. It's Mm. like, Jesus, man.
1: I mean, he knows what he wants to do. And snacks, clearly, were part of the plan. Like, he was going to go through with whatever he wanted to go through with. But damn it if he wasn't taking his candy with him. Yeah. (laughs) Which I thought was kind of a cute little touch. Yeah. And it just kind of showed a little bit more of his personality where he's like, I'm going to get you and your little dog, too. But first, snacks. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it just it was funny.
0: Well, all right, so Billy goes into the department store and he's going after Stripe. Uh Stripe has decided that he's going to hide from Billy mm-hmm. and uh there's a scene where Billy's walking by a bunch of uh stuffed animals and he walks pe- out of the camera you know camera site and all of a sudden Stripe pops out from the, uh, you know, the stuffed animals. And he, the snarl that he gives is fantastic. It looks so cool, and you can just tell, like, he's just plotting of what he's going to do. And then out of nowhere, he (laughs) comes out with the fucking saw blades. He throws a saw blade at Billy and, and sticks in the wall.
1: Well, it was a department store, so they made it into the tool department at some point. And this scene is fucking terrifying. He, so there's, he's hugging stuff at Billy, saw blades included. And then Billy's on the ground and he's got a baseball bat to try to defend himself. Cause he's kind of laying there on his back. And the f- stripe gets a fucking chainsaw he's coming at him with his chains. I'm going to pee myself. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is
0: so, t- all right. so scary. Yeah, so leading up, I, I took note of everything that he used. So he starts off Stripe throwing a saw blade is nuts. Then he uses a ball feeder to shoot uh, baseballs at Billy to knock him to the floor.
1: And those hurt.
0: Yeah. Uh, then he upgrades to a crossbow and shoots Billy in the arm. Which, that can't feel good. No. It's a no bueno. No. Um, then, he gets the fucking chainsaw and tries to cut Billy right in half. Luckily, Billy's got a baseball bat and he's, he's blocking, um... And then from there, uh, I forget how he got off of. Uh, was that was that Gizmo was that, that came in?
1: Fucking gremlin with a chainsaw! Like, oh my god, yeah. Oh, horrible and, and image. They,
0: they they started it up where he was coming out from something, so you hear the rev, and then he kind of comes from the shadows, and you see him, and it's just like Texas Chainsaw Massacre esque. It's like, oh my god, he's got a f- chainsaw.
1: Thankfully, it's it's <laughs> one of the electric ones with a short plug. But it was still like, oh my god yeah. yes Gizmo decides to take matters into his own paws and he jumps in the little Barbie remote control car and he's driving like a bat out of hell to go save his buddy Billy and um his dad had showed up because he'd been trying to while all this is going on his dad's been he's been calling the house no one's picking up he's freaking out so his dad hitches jumps in the car he's got Barney with him and somehow is driving past the department store when he sees shit going on through the windows. So Barney's barking. He jumps out of the car. He jumps through the window, and uh, Rand goes in after him. Well, at this point, Gizmo is hauling ass through the store, and Barney's standing there, and he's... uh, I forget what he called him. He called him, like, Wolf or something like that. Like He made the dog bark noise and tried to get Barney to follow him, in his little pink Barbie convertible.
0: There was a, uh, it was cute. There was a scene where uh, Gizmo runs into uh, something in the toy aisle and a bunch of the bouncy balls fall on it. And it's a really similar, well, I mean, this movie came out before, but well, um, before. they uh, kind of uh, do a nod in Toy Story 2. Uh, all the toys are in Al's toy barn, and they're in the, the Barbie truck, and they ended up hitting the, the bouncy balls.
1: Yeah. Same it, thing. Yeah. After you pointed it out, I saw it's it. Very,
0: it's very, very similar.
1: 15 years prior to that movie yes. coming out. Yes. Um, so he's hauling ass, and he's going to save Billy. And by the time he gets there, they're in the greenhouse. Stripe has, or yeah, Stripe has found, he want to call him Spike, and I know that's not it. <laughs> Stripe sees the fountain, and he immediately is like, ah, water. And he gets really excited because he's going to just start the whole process over again. And, uh, you know, Billy and Kate and everyone's failing to get him in there. So Gizmo drives up. Oh, no. And, oh,
0: Back it up. So not only does uh, Stripe find the water fountain, he also finds a gun. Oh, yeah. He walks by, and he's like, ooh, water. Ooh, gun. And then it cuts, and then you see Billy walking in, and all of a sudden, Billy like sees Stripe there on top of the water fountain, ready to to you know get wet, and all of a sudden he just starts cracking a couple fire you know shots off at Billy, and it's just you know passing right by his melon, and it's just. <laughs> It's a gremlin with a gun! Like, come on! I
1: forgot about that. I, yeah. I, I tried to block it out.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, that was, uh, That was just... That was really cool.
1: And Gizmo comes and saves the day because he grabs the, the tether on the window for the greenhouse and he lets the sunlight in because it's already past dawn at this point. And then it gets really gross.
0: <laughs> yeah. It reminded me we, of the scene from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. At the end?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a Steven Spielberg joint, yeah. so that makes sense. But it it's so fucking gross. He starts to melt. We know what sunlight will do to a gremlin now. Instead of just, yeah, it's just like the bright light hurts their eyes, but sunlight melts them like a fucking candle. And he, it's green, and it's gooey, and it's just gross. And we see him, like all of his skin and flesh melts off the skeleton and it falls into the bottom of the fountain. And then just when we think it's all over, the fucking skeleton pops out of the fountain again. And, and it's what trying, a
0: cool fucking skeleton. And he's trying,
1: I don't care. And it's trying to crawl across the floor and it's got teeth and fangs and it's just, and finally it just melts away into this giant puddle of goo.
0: That is a, it was a cool fucking skeleton. It looked I would love to have that skeleton somewhere. It was. You would not. I would.
1: It was one of the coolest effects in the movie. I will admit that yeah. it was very well done. Well, it was very effective. And then the
0: bones deflate, like the they bones bounce, yeah. melt. Yeah. So like that was that was a neat little thing where it's it's still affecting the sunlight's still affecting mm-hmm. uh, the gremlin. So that was neat.
1: But I don't think it would have been the movie would have been properly over unless Spike was completely gone. And that was the guarantee that he was completely gone. Um, So, yay! Gizzy saved the day.
0: Now, uh, one thing that I wanted to talk about that, after watching this again, kind of threw me off a little, was at how the characters in this movie were... their backstories, or just some of, like, the way that they were portrayed was a little...
1: uh, You mean, like, Kate?
0: Kate, Well, I'm gonna get into Kate, but it's, but as you think about it, it's like, every one of them had something that was a little bit of, like, offset. Uh, The, uh, the dad, who was the failed uh, inventor, Mm -hmm. he was going on conventions, and he was trying to be the Mr. Salesman, and, you know... Pushing all of his products. Every chance and, he could get. And then you flip to the wife, and she she just loves her husband. But you can just see it on her face where she's like, I am tired of this shit. It's like, this is not going anywhere. And it's like, everything is a failed... It's just failing. all, yeah. the, And you can just see it on her face But she's like, I am so devoted to this man that I'm going to stick by him with whatever it is.
1: The... But I think the scene that you really... And I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I was thinking of the scene that really showed that was the coffee maker. Yeah. That was well, the one I think that but was But then really they had a,
0: a, a very playful thing, like, oh, we can't drink this, and then and then uh, you know, he was just like, oh, well, I don't see what's wrong with it, and he's just, like, playing with the goop. Um, <laughs> but, no, uh, yeah, it's like every character uh, with that, I mean, you had... Uh, you know, the the bank manager who was just terrified of, uh, what's her name? Um, Mrs. Deagle. M- Mrs. Deagle. I always want to call her, like, something else, and, like, Miss Dawn, and it's not even close.
1: But everybody um, was kind of afraid of her. Well, no,
0: but it was just the, like, he was, he owned the bank.
1: No, she owned the bank.
0: Oh, she owned the bank. I thought she just owned a bunch of property.
1: No. And she, oh, okay. That bitch that, owned the town.
0: That made more sense then. Okay. So, uh, th- but there's a whole bunch of those characters that, um. Uh, even uh, Mr. Uh, 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 Fodderman, like he was, you could tell he was in a war, and he was just that all-American.
1: Was in Vietnam. Yeah,
0: he was in you know, Vietnam, and he was just going on and on, and just he just seemed like kind of like you're just everyday man's man. He just I'm gonna sit on the couch, have a beer, and then I'm gonna get up, and I'm gonna go to work. I'm gonna do it for the rest of my life, just like that. And then he even had like a wife that <laughs> was just overly enthusiastic and you could just tell that he's just like, I am not having any of this shit. I just want to <laughs> sit on the couch and not do a goddamn thing. And that's my Christmas. But yet she's decorating everything and I got to put it all back and it's yeah irritating. So, but Kate, that was the darkest part of this entire movie was hearing about Kate. So early on in the film, uh, her and Billy are walking home, and Billy is asking her what her plans are for Christmas, and she's like, oh, I don't celebrate Christmas, or I, I, I just, I, I, it's not for me, and he's like, well, why? And she's like, well, it's, I just don't like it, I don't like to celebrate it, and then he, he's kind of pushing a little bit, and she's like, well, if he, somebody says, oh, I don't celebrate President's Day, or, you know, uh, St. Patrick's Day, no one, you know, cares, but the moment you say, Oh, I don't celebrate Christmas, everyone gets, you know, their their panties in a wad. Not verbatim. But um <laughs> No. Not that
1: either. would be really. awesome
0: if she said that, but she didn't.
1: No, but you basically got the crux of the story there. So
0: at the towards the end of the film, just before they go into I believe it's the um the theater scene where they go to blow everything up, she's yeah. in there with Billy. In this room, and she go. it kind of comes out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, I don't really feel like there was a whole lot but of heat into that. She, story.
0: yeah, if, if I was Billy, I'd have been like,
1: okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, we're gonna go kill these things now, but thanks for that. Thanks for sharing there, pumpkin.
1: I'm glad you finally wanted to open yeah, it. Yeah. Not appropriate. Yeah, time. we're gonna talk
0: about this later. Um, but so her backstory, I'm going to read this. I took note of everything. So I, I said, Kate's backstory is so dark. She, she's a little girl and she realizes that it's cold inside her house. So she goes to her fireplace and lights a fire. Uh, a few minutes later, she notices a, uh, kind of an off putting smell that's coming from the fireplace. Her mom calls the fire department and They break open the fireplace. All of a sudden, they're thinking that it's going to be a bird or a cat that died in the fireplace. And, and, you know, that's where the smell's come from. Well, it turns out that it's her father dressed as Santa Claus. Uh Uh, The night before her, or it was like a couple days before something like that, uh, her dad decided that he was going to dress up as Santa Claus and surprise the family and come down the chimney as you do <laughs> um well he slips and breaks his neck and dies instantly from what the fire department says and she's like and that's the moment when I realized that Santa Claus wasn't real and then that's when Billy goes huh
1: okay cool story bro <laughs> Quite.
0: And in my brain, I'm like, "That's fucking deep. You should never celebrate Christmas ever again." After seeing that bullshit, you know, God, I go for Kwanzaa. At the like, there's nothing with yeah. Santa. Like, that's all this girl is ever gonna see for the rest of her life is a Santa Claus suit and seeing her dead dad. Like, she saw that as a kid. That's terrifying. Yeah. God.
1: So she's broken. Yeah. Bit. She's a little broken.
0: But she's beautiful. She's so pretty. She's so pretty. I know. But Jesus. <laughs> God.
1: Yeah, that was a pretty. Your your reaction when she started telling it, towards the end of that story she was telling, you were just like, oh,
0: what? Oh, am a goodness. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> was, is just, that, was that a better one? Is that better than? Yeah. okay?
1: Jesus wept. <laughs> oh it,
0: Lord, there's a fire.
1: It was. What's funny is um, Gremlins Two: The New Batch was basically Joe Dante spoofing his own movie. Yeah. And he do, he revisits that uh, story. Uh, the the thing is with phoebe Kate's telling that story is yeah so it was kind of already set up at one point because billy's like well why don't you like christmas but it comes so out of nowhere and it's such an inappropriate time that it takes you out of it when you're watching the movie because you're like where the fuck did that come from nobody asked yeah like it's just out of the blue like she was feeling i don't know Something And just decided she needed to open up and tell it. It's kind of like, now's not the time. But thanks. And it just... If it hadn't come out of nowhere, I think it would have been perfectly fine. But it also didn't fit with her character. Like, she didn't like Christmas. But otherwise, she wasn't... She wasn't the girl. She didn't have a dark attitude. She wasn't negative. She wasn't like goth-like in nature. What the fuck, Columbus? Come on! Yeah, just so out of the blue. But,
0: I mean, it's like, you could have maybe lightened it up a little bit. Like, maybe her dad, uh, you know, broke his leg coming down the chimney and then he had to lose his job and something along... Like, but her dad's okay. But... No,
1: he went right for the chocolate. No!
0: Like, that's horrible. It's it's a, a very... I mean, maybe... Maybe Billy could have been like, oh, well, sorry to hear that. This Christmas probably sucks just as bad, too, huh? Like, we
1: gotta go. <laughs> Let's go fix it. Yeah. That, the, I think we needed, because they set it up, so I mean, we needed to get some of that story there, but it just was so out of place. It was like he, he was like, he forgot there was a part of the puzzle, and so he was like trying to jam that piece into a hole and be like, close enough, yeah, that'll do uh the end of the movie when the chinese shopkeeper comes first of all i don't know how he knew where they lived but he shows up at the peltzer's door to take gizmo back after the whole thing uh,
0: mr peltzer probably called him and just said hey here's our address and then, like so, they never really they never really set that up and then it, but mr yeah. peltzer seemed like he was like waiting for him. Yeah. So it, it's... You're right. Yeah. He
1: seemed to kind of know what was going on because the way he was getting Gizmo ready to go and and yeah. pack the whole thing up, he seemed more like...
0: Oh, no, he didn't pack him up because the Chinese man was like, there's a box with this.
1: No. A box but, came with this. No, but the whole time when he's going through with it and... <laughs> no, I, I know what you're saying. The way Bill, you know, Billy's like, are you sure? And all this other stuff, it's like he clearly was set... Like, he, he knew exactly what was oh, going yeah. to happen.
0: Well, after you saw all that bullshit go down, I'm surprised no. Billy was just like, yeah, no, you... i see ya. i see ya later. We're gonna wrap you in duct tape so you never get wet again.
1: But there's, a go- there's an interesting commentary that is being uh, explored there. When the shopkeeper comes and he grabs Gizmo, he says that uh, you people tend to always do this you take nature's gifts and you ruin them um, you're not responsible enough to handle it and, and he gives a speech along those lines it, it's an interesting commentary because it it says a lot about the irresponsibilities of humans in general I mean, especially yeah. when it comes to, to nature and the environment and those sorts of things um, because the Mogwai is such a, a weird and unusual little creature um, but he said it was a gift of nature which I thought I was like I was like, are you sure "gift" is the right word? Cause I want, I I kind of want to try to find my receipt.
0: I mean, the only thing that I could see Gizmo at that actually contributed to anything enjoyable in nature was he was cute and fluffy, big old eyes, big old ears, and the motherfucker could sing. Yeah. That's it. But the, the- nothing else. Everything else, he was afraid of light. You couldn't feed the goddamn thing couldn't wash like so that thing probably stank
1: no because chinchillas you're not supposed to wash them either they take dust baths a what chinchilla
0: no i know what that is but a what
1: that you can't bathe them they they you they can get really sick if you bathe them because they got respiratory issues so they take dust baths
0: so they're wise.
1: kind of i mean they don't multiply if you get them wet they just they're not very happy if you do huh but maybe he does the same thing. He I'm going
0: to Google that later. Okay. A little
1: dust thing. I don't yeah. know. I'm just... I'm just throwing shit to see what sticks against the wall. Well,
0: my wall is not...
1: It's not sticking. Yeah, I'm no, sorry. Okay. I tried. But the the commentary on human behavior and how they take things for granted and how they're irresponsible with uh, things of, of nature, especially the unusual things in nature, um... Was interesting. I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but it was definitely there. So I thought that was kind of it didn't make sense for the movie it was in, but it was a nice little commentary.
0: Oh, well, I mean it. It did make sense because of of everything that did happen. It, it, I really think that if the old man or the old shopkeeper actually sold, uh, you know, uh, Pelter the the Mogwai and gave him the big rundown of everything that he needed to do, I think it would have been a little bit more serious. Or it's like, hey, I'll bring the Mogwai to your house, and then we talk to your, I, I give you the rundown with your family. But if it's that serious, on hand, it's, it's kind of like, oh, I'm just going to put this live grenade right here on the desk. I'm going to turn around. And whatever happens, happens. <laughs> it's got a a pretty light pin there that you know it's just a a quick pull and you're, and you're good to go. Um, it that's kind of what happens because it's it's he has the Mogwai. And it's back a little bit, but it's in the the lobby of this shop. If it's that important, why are you going? Why is it there? Why don't you have this thing? hidden in a room
1: or at home or something
0: I mean I think they live there in that shop okay but,
1: but so
0: it's a thing where it's a person came in looked around tried to sell you a bunch of shit and then turned around heard singing and was just like oh what's this oh I'll buy it 200 bucks and then no it's like take the goddamn thing out and yeah. lock it up like if it's that dangerous if you know what's gonna happen. And yeah. it, and it must have happened before because um and it's like you never actually know how long a Mogwai has lived for. No. You don't you don't know if they're if if maybe uh Gizmo is the original and that's why he's so gentle and docile and then when he spawns it th- it it just kinda goes nuts.
1: Kinda, I mean, maybe, but the I think Stripe was a special case because the rest of them were pretty docile before Spike kind of sunk his claws yeah, in. Yeah, yeah.
0: Spike, Spike was the uh, or Stripe,
1: Stripe, Stripe. I keep Stripe. calling him Spike and I don't know why, but yeah, Stripe. I think Stripe was the exception. He was just. I, I think if it wasn't for him, the rest of them would have been probably a little energetic, but otherwise fine more gizmo like than not but Stripe was just he something happened there it was a bad clone and shit went off the rails it happened i mean i don't want to be like oh it happens but it does it happens sometimes things just don't you get a bad copy you get a bad one yeah just like with any anybody who's had enough kids one of them is not going to turn out okay uh it just Law of averages, I guess. Um, so, skull rating. What are your thoughts?
0: Um, I'm going to actually call this one a four.
1: Yeah?
0: Four out of five skulls. And it's actually a 3.5. Based off of the movie, it's a 3.5 skulls. Just because, yeah, there's a couple little things with the Mogwai lore of... When can you feed them? When you know you can't bathe them, so maybe you got to do that dust bath thing that you talked about. That I didn't know that was an actual thing. a thing sounds dirty, it's but not. um, anyways, but like there's a whole bunch of stuff there that kind of, you know, plot holes or whatever. But um, you can kind of get around that. And then as the movie goes on, yes, with the horror aspects of it, it really does set up for some really cool scenes. And it does uh, remind me a lot of Child's Play, where they really utilize a lot of the corners and the rooms and mm-hmm. dark areas. Uh, and the puppeteering was stellar. I was probably one of my favorites. Howie Mandel as Gizmo, which always makes me laugh because Howie see, Mandel? like just yeah, just seeing Howie and then just picturing him doing that high pitched voice, it just cracked me up every time. Because um, I know he was you know Bobby in, you know, Bobby's world, but uh, still, it's just, it's not a voice you hear every day coming out of a man like that. Um, <laughs> no. So, there was a lot of cool, uh, you know, kill scenes with the uh, the gremlins, which I was really enjoyed, but the only reason I'm giving it a four was seeing you squirm. That, because I've never seen you do that, so it really <laughs> made me, in a way, made me happy to see you...
1: So that made re- the movie... Wait, that made the movie better?
0: Yes, because uh-huh. I don't I don't get to see that too often. All of our friends are so desensitized to certain things. And I and I've been with you for years, and I've never seen you react that way to a movie. I've seen you jump or get surprised at something, but never like, "Oh, I can't handle this." <laughs> oh no. This is going to be bad. And, like, putting your hands in your face and, like, you just, you're like, I'm gonna, I gotta leave. <laughs> I've never seen you act like, and because I don't have that reaction to this movie, it's more of just a, a lighthearted comedy with horror <laughs> aspects in it. I don't see it as a, It's
1: a black comedy, dude. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. But,
0: I mean, it, yes, there is dark darkness to it, but I don't see it as it being scary whatsoever. All right. But that's where it's like I enjoy it, so that's where it's going to give me a four. And granted, there's going to be a bunch of goddamn supernatural ghost movies that you're going to show me, and I'm going to go, Oh,
1: no, <laughs> I'm in trouble. All right, all right, so just to make sure I have this straight.
0: Jeez. The movie
1: on its own is a three and a half, but yes. my reaction bumps it a little. Yes. to so that four. Yeah, yeah, it's a perfectly lighthearted comedy because he hung a dog stripe hung a dog by christmas lights that was pretty (laughs) that's lighthearted. is gentle like ball tickles first
0: (laughs) first of all how okay i want to know okay so we see uh gizmo and billy sleeping in the bed and then uh uh stripe before he mutates with the rest of his cronies when they're all still fluffy they're all sleeping, and then you see Stripe kind of wake up, and he's kind of giving a grin. And then you hear, uh, like, Billy wakes up, and he hears something outside, and he walks out the door, and he sees Barney hanging from Christmas lights. How the hell did that little ass, gr- you know, Mogwai get, like, the, the dog's going to wake up instantly? Like you know he, I, anytime you go, like there's no way you're gonna walk up to a dog and push him, and then he's just gonna be dead to the world.
1: You wanna know? There was Stripe has friends. He probably took all five of them to get the dog. Yeah, now. but the
0: dog didn't make a noise. It's just like for it to be that stealthy. Good for you, <laughs> but that poor dog. You just see it on his face, like I didn't sign up for this. Me,
1: <laughs> me, no want. Uh, I. Alright, so I'm probably going to shock the masses here. I'm giving it 4 out of 5. Like a solid 4 out of 5. Because it's still effective. For me. And it may just just be me. I don't know. But, even, I saw this movie when I was 7. And I haven't, I don't think I've seen it since. So, you're talking 20, almost 27 years removed from the last time I watched this movie and I'm now afraid to go to bed because I might have Gremlin Nightmares again for the first time in forever. Uh, that says a lot about it. The puppeteering was amazing. I was made to feel things for Gizmo. Like I sympathized with that poor I little I love Gizmo. That poor little buddy. I
0: wanted little Gizmo. Like I wanted a little doll.
1: In uh like I wanted that You like, just felt for that little buddy and uh so just, just look at a stripe and be like, "You're a fucking dick." <laughs> but the puppeteering looked good. It was not a gory movie, no. all except for the blowing up of the microwave thing.
0: Um, was it actually made for kids or like no. or, or young adults?
1: Well, that's the big question. And I heard this on another podcast uh, that covered this movie. The big question is who is this movie made for? Because it's not. Because there's some weird bits to it. Like, Billy is clearly a college-age student. But he's hanging out with a 14-year-old kid. For what reason? We don't know. Yeah. The... Well, I think
0: maybe he was just like a a neighbor kid that they just kind of hang out and... I don't know. uh,
1: Like, he just bugs them. I don't know. Yeah. But, like, the PG-13 rating was created specifically because and for this movie, uh, thanks to Steven Spielberg, because it wasn't... It didn't have enough of the elements that would have made it a solid rated R, but it was definitely, there was more going on that didn't make it appropriate for a, a PG-level movie either. Like, it's not meant for little kids because it's so crazy, but it's got enough silliness in it that it doesn't feel like it's quite meant for adults either, at least not on a purpose. And it's just like, it fits in its own weird little category of just oddball movies and... That's the big question. Is who the hell is this movie made for? <laughs> like, specifically. Like, when when movie, yeah. when movie makers go into a project, they have a specific demographic in mind. I'm curious as to what the specific demographic was when this one was being worked on, because I've got questions. But, yeah, I'm giving it a 4 out of 5, because...
0: I'm proud of you. I
1: still, I, it still makes me feel the same things. Maybe not quite as intensely... But I I got reactions and uh, I'm not I'm not like I said it was 106 minutes worth of regret.
0: And uh, one other thing that I was actually really uh, happy with was the uh, the acting. The acting was actually believable. Mm-hmm. In a movie like this, it is so easy for somebody oh. in this movie to jack it right on up.
1: Yeah, they could have gone way over the. Someone could have gone way over the top with it. Someone or it could have been just done badly. Like. It was really easy because this could have gone like Goofy B movie real fast. I,
0: I think if I had to critique, and this is uh, not all the like I said, all the actors were did a great job, but the um, Billy I think would have had to been kind of I guess my least favorite character in the movie, and it's a very uh, out of all of them. It's not like a, it's a big deal, but. Uh, he just seemed very, uh, just not with it the whole time. He just kind of seemed lost the whole movie. Like, yeah. like or when, uh, when, mm-hmm. when when Mrs. when 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 he's getting yelled at in the bank, he's just like, "Oh, I'm really sorry," and just no emotion. Just oh man, I'm really like, oh yeah, really like really- wow. Like he just seemed like a lost puppy pretty much most of the movie. Yeah, and it or I mean, like there was a time where, uh, like, I mean, when he, they were going to the theater and blowing stuff up, he was, you know, in hero mode, and and that worked. But there was a lot of it where he was just like, a what?
1: Well, this huh? was this was actually his uh, Zach Galligan's first yeah. feature. Like, he hadn't done a movie prior to this. He'd done some stuff on TV, but and
0: and like I said, he sold the character, and I'm not talking bad at him whatsoever. And this is one of those things of saying, oh, he's like my least favorite character, even though like they're all high levels. Like it's sure. not a, nothing bad what he did. And for a first go around, awesome. Like yeah. good good for you, man.
1: Yeah. So I think that is a wrap on Gremlins.
0: I'm, I'm happy about it. Yeah?
1: you feel yeah. good? At least one of us is. Yeah. <laughs> the- all right, so a solid four out of five skull rating from both of us. Go check it out, um, if you haven't seen it or if you haven't seen it in a while. Um, it is a Christmas movie, if any mm. of you are wondering. It is one hundred percent a Christmas movie. It is set at Christmas. There's all I kinds actually, of Christmas uh, elements. There's Christmas music.
0: I actually watch this movie more at Christmas than I do at Halloween. Mm. I actually, that makes sense. I actually don't watch it at Halloween at all.
1: And ironically, it comes out. It came out in July. So of, it was all 84. kind of
0: all over the place.
1: Yeah, it just none of it made what sense. What a weird
0: time to come out with a Christmas movie.
1: Uh, but yeah, so yeah. go ahead, like, like, subscribe, comment, share. Um, try to grow our audience, and we can't do that without you guys. So find us on the pretty much any podcatcher uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify. Spotify, why that was so hard, I don't even know. <laughs> oh, man. I had a Craig moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Tongue don't work so good. <laughs> the
1: brain is working, but the tongue's not willing. Uh, do you want me to give it a shot? Just, no. Okay. It's fine. I got it. I can do the closing, I promise.
0: Jesus, take the wheel.
1: <sighs> so, where was I? Yes. So, go ahead, do do the things with that. You can find us on Facebook at uh, Creeping It Real Horror Cast, you can find us on Instagram at Creepin' It Real. If you have any suggestions for a movie, like to have us ri- uh, rate, analyze, rip apart any time in the near future, go ahead and email that to... Craig, you know that one better than I do.
0: Yeah, it's uh, uh, Creeping It Real, and that's uh, R-E-E-L dot C-M at gmail.com. And to update you know, on the facebook it's just creeping it real okay at creeping it real and that's uh facebook and instagram
1: okay so i thought we were cast nope. on that okay whatever. that's
0: no, too many letters and i don't feel like spelling it all out so wow yeah.
1: okay lazy apparently um uh yep and uh, feel free to interact on our social media again you can uh mention something there we yeah. do polls and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, I got a couple more ideas coming down the pike, and we will have announcements as those pop up. Uh, But I think that about ends this podcast. What do you think, Craig? Did I miss anything? Um, I'm pretty good. All right. So with that, I've been Meg.
0: I've been Lunchbox. And we'll
1: see you next week.